We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we have a season preview. The regular season is just over a week away. We're recording this Thursday night, Thursday, September 2nd. And we're going through... um, a season preview for the 49ers. We've talked all about the roster. We've talked all about, um, you know, the injuries and training camp, the preseason. And now we're going to get into where the 49ers rank in the division, where they rank in the NFC and whether they can and what it's going to take for them to win the Super Bowl this year. So should be a fun conversation. Enjoy. Hey, this is George Kittle and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a sack him back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. It's 5.15 p.m. The clock just struck 5.15. On and Thursday. Chris Biederman on Thursday. And Chris Biederman, Ohio State Buckeye alum is recording a podcast instead of watching his beloved Buckeyes take on the hated Golden Gophers of Minnesota. <laughs> you this means a lot. You, you always throw out the record when these two teams play. You have to. <laughs> um, no, like I, I'm totally, I really want to watch the game. And I was, you know, secretly hoping when we we're talking about recording tonight that we could do it after the game. But I was also didn't you thinking, say that? yeah, I was, I was also thinking like, I kind of want to have a few beers during the game. And if we record mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game, then I could like skip through commercials and like college halftime is like 40 minutes sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I'm, it's very easy for me to, uh, to not be on Twitter and, and sort of ignore, you know, the live update stuff and just watch it yeah. organically. So I'm looking forward to that after we record this pod. See, now the alternate universe is you watch the game and get trashed and then we do a pod, which you got to let me know these things. I'll move my <laughs> schedule around. I, I'm trying to be professional and it's only <sighs> Thursday. I, I think I got kind of a long weekend coming up, oh. so I, I'm trying to, to make sure the batteries are charged. Okay, um, that's fair. 
Yeah, I'm going to the my my second music festival ever. I'm going to Bottle Rock on Sunday. Oh, Bottle Rock's great, dude. Yeah, I've never been. So pace yourself, though. That's the right. key. Right. Is can you bring your own beer in there? I don't think so. Because oh, I have some Candlestick Chronicles, I could still bring in. <laughs> By the way, you like oh. that segment? Yeah. Or that that, that transition segue. Segue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so not segue. <laughs> um. I think Cooperage is going to brew another batch of Candlestick Chronicles. Oh. And I think it might be coming pretty soon. Oh. And I think it might coincide, maybe not exactly, but it might co- come close to coinciding with the start of the regular season. Oh. Um, or I, I feel pretty confident in saying it would likely be ready by the time the 49ers had their home opener against the Packers. Oh my. So if you missed out on Candlestick Chronicles, a hazy IPA from Cooperage, um, my dog is kind of going crazy in the background. He is right getting now. after it back there. This is great. <laughs> um, if if you didn't get to try the the hazy IPA that we did with Cooperage, uh, it's coming back. There's different places uh, that they distribute to. I know throughout the East Bay, definitely the North Bay, um, and obviously the brewery itself and its website. So if you missed it uh, and you want to try it, keep an eye out. I'll try to blast it out on social. And if uh, if you had it and you liked it, you'll be able to get it again, it seems like. So back by I've popular had, demand. I've had so many people either text me or hit me up on Instagram like, hey, we're gonna, like, what, I'm, I'm looking to get some. And I'm like, hey, it's sold out. But yeah. <laughs> sources say. So that's exciting. Can't wait to uh, get more of that in the building because mine's gone now. I had some friends over to celebrate some birthdays and it's gone. It's all gone. Let's talk some football. Yes, let's do it. The 49ers open their season next Sunday. We'll have some really fun preview pods for you next week. I think we're going to do three pods next week. I think so. And I think we're going to have some excellent guests too. Yeah. Really, really good guest lineup for now. Not don't want to jinx anything. Um, let's talk about the 49ers though. And I want to, I want to try and compartmentalize these conversations a little bit. Because Wait, we're starting such... with the, we're starting with the punt returner, right? Yes. <laughs> um, I have a big piece coming out on it and I don't okay. want to spoil it on the pod. Oh, okay. So maybe just yeah. a little preview. Yeah. A little, little preview on what are the 49ers going to do at punt returner? It's the biggest question right now. Put the quarterback situation aside. Put strong safety aside. What? Who the hell is going to catch the punts? I think it's going to be Travis Benjamin or Brandon. Yeah, yeah feels that way. And I think that's about as much analysis as we need to uh, put into it. It's all like, honest to God, it doesn't who the... <laughs> as long as we'll can, put it this way. Can they wave fair catch and then hold on to the football? Yeah, I, let, let's put it this way. Niners fans have reason to be weary of who's returning punts like that's that's understandable totally but this isn't a playoff game it's week one and i think i think the options are going to emerge as time goes on i don't think it's going to be muhammad sanu if it is i would be shocked but that would be i'm that's what i'm pulling for i'm hoping for that outcome i would like to talk about john lynch's response though okay when asked about the punt returner situation this was good the the question what's your plan at punt returner i'm gonna read the full response well we have a plan and there's a number of guys who have been working on that during the preseason we feel quite good about our plan 
I will say that they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, I think in this business, so is getting your players poached off the waiver wire. And that happened. Simba Webster is a guy who does that and also had some value as a receiver in special teams. But, you know, we've got a plan there. And I'll leave that to Kyle to kind of announce who it is and what it is and the depth there and all that when he chooses to. But we've thought about that a lot. That's important to us. We want to make that an asset for this team. And I feel very strongly about it. Translation, it was supposed to be Simba Webster, but the Bears picked him up. And now we don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's worth pointing out that Brandon Ayuk hasn't practiced the last week or so because of a hamstring injury. And Kyle Shanahan said yesterday that he expects Ayuk to, to be available and probably return to practice next week. So Brandon Ayuk would probably be the number one option. Shanahan went on the radio today and said he has no problem making a starting receiver as punt returner. Um, if not, there's a very good possibility that Travis Benjamin gets elevated from the practice squad. That would be a pretty easy move to make the Saturday before the game. Um, and it's also worth noting, I guess, that Benjamin's working through the concussion protocol, but he was, he was seen at practice running today. He's been wearing a helmet. So he's progressing through the protocol. So I think one or both of those two guys are going to be up available on Sunday, barring anything unforeseen. And those are going to be the guys in the mix to return punts. So I, I don't know if it needs any more analysis than that. We've spent way too much time on this. Let's move on. There will be a punt returner come week one. That's my thoughts. <laughs> Sorry to throw the wrench in there. Yeah, it's all good. So I want to compartmentalize these conversations because we were going to kind of take this broad overview of the 49ers season and just kind of expectations for them. But I think there's kind of three layers that we need to work through. There's where they sit in the division that ties into where they sit in the NFC. And then where do they sit big picture with the NFL and just kind of, where do they, where do they rank in there? So let's start in the division because they might be in the toughest division in football. I think there, there are a couple others that, that have an argument, but it feels like it's going to be the NFC West and it's the 49ers. It's the Rams, Seahawks, it's Cardinals. All four teams have merits as being pretty scary this year. Are the I'm trying to figure out how to ask this. Where do I the guess, 49ers rank in the division? Yeah, are they are they are they the favorite to you? Um, so I, I think they have the most complete roster in the in the division, right? I, I think they have the most balance. I think when you look at what they have at running back, receiver, tight end, offensive line, I think the offense has the potential to be incredibly balanced. And they're going to be the best rushing team in the division. I feel pretty confident about that. Defensively, it starts with Nick Bosa up front. And you have Fred Warner in the middle. And those are two of the best guys at their positions um, in the league, frankly. And if, and if the rest of the defensive line plays up to its standard and certain guys take steps like Javon Kinlaw and if D Ford can be healthy and if Samson Abukam can provide uh, a burst in in whatever role he has basically dependent on how much Ford plays then I think the secondary is probably going to be in good shape right like if they're not getting after quarterbacks then the secondary might be a legitimate issue particularly the spot opposite Jason Verrett or if Verrett gets hurt um, I think Jimmy Ward's good. I think the strong safety spot is a bit of a question mark right now, but I think they have the bodies in terms of Jaquaski Tart, who's now healthy, likely to start, Kyle Shanahan said. 
Um, so with him back, you feel good about the experience, the communication, all those things, because I think that's what Jaquaski Tart brings when he's healthy. Um, and you have Talano Hufanga, who I think, you know, I, I, I thought for a minute here this month that Hufanga would be the starting strong safety week one. I think Kyle Shanahan sort of nipped that in the bud uh, this week and, and Jaquaski Tart's return, obviously, um, is the reason for that. But Hufanga is going to play a lot and I think he's going to be like a dime sort of third safety linebacker hybrid type guy which could be really interesting on third down right like the 49ers Mm -hmm. have gone to three safety looks a lot on third down and I think Hufanga is is the perfect type of player particularly as a rookie to sort of mix into that role and get him some some game reps with an opportunity to make plays um so I th- it like if the Niners had a normal season last year, just say they went to the playoffs, we would be coming into this season thinking about them much differently, right? Like yes. we are, we don't really yes. know what to expect because this is a team that's basically returning the same roster, but is coming off a six and 10 season because of the injuries. But if they had gone 11 and five, say, and you know, didn't win the super, didn't go to the super bowl, but like won a wild card spot or whatever, we would be thinking, okay, the Niners are pretty easily the favorites in the division, right? Or at least like there wouldn't be trepidation about saying the Niners are favorites in the division, but because they went six and 10 last year, it's a little bit more difficult to say. But I think objectively, if you look at the rosters, the Niners don't really have a weak point outside of their depth, right? Like in terms of starting spots, I think they are top to bottom, the most complete roster in the NFC West. But the reason why they might not win the NFC West might come down to Jimmy Garoppolo versus Russell Wilson versus Matt Stafford and what the quarterback situation looks like. So, mm-hmm. you know, are they, do they have the best roster in my opinion? Yes, but they don't have the best quarterback. They might down the road in Trey Lance eventually, but sure. Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford are, are the two best quarterbacks in the division and you can make a case that Kyler Murray is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Like the 49ers might yeah. have the worst starting quarterback in the league week one, in the division week one. <laughs> Not, Not the league. league. <laughs> um, so that's that's what's interesting about the NFC West is that there are other good quarterbacks that might be the equalizer to the 49ers advantage in in the strength of their roster. So I'm going to start at the bottom. I don't buy the Cardinals. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach. That's fair. I think the Cardinals are pretty talented. I don't think they have the coaching staff to maximize. And 34-year-old J.J. Watt doesn't doesn't do it for me as a as a pass rusher. Neither does A.J. Green, that receiver. Right. For me. So, like, six years ago would have been incredible. But I'm just not – not to say those players can't be productive, but it's not like, oh, my God, they have it. J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, watch out. Right. Um. So, I have the Cardinals at the bottom. I have the Seahawks – three just because i don't i don't know what they're doing like they're going to be in the mix because they have russell wilson but did they do anything last year or this offseason that makes you think like oh man watch out for the seahawks outside of have russell wilson it just feels like eventually it's going to come to a head yes right like the seahawks went to the playoffs last year and hosted a playoff game and there was all sorts of drama this offseason Mm-hmm. And so eventually it just feels like whatever's happening there, whether it's Russell Wilson or Pete Carroll, one of I, I feel like one of them after this season, like it wouldn't surprise me if one of them is elsewhere. Yeah. Right. 
like mm-hmm. Pete either retiring or or whatever and or Russell Wilson like getting traded. Like I'm still workshopping my Pete Carroll isn't a good coach take. <laughs> I think the take is that schematically he's a defensive um I guess you could call Pete Carroll defensive genius. I I think he's just sort of a guy who what I'm trying he's he's like his scheme is very influential. I guess he's one of the most influential defensive coaches in the league, right? Because mm-hmm. you see a version of that scheme at a lot of places. Like, right. Um, so, but in terms of like game management and like whether or not you should go for it on fourth down and the way he collaborates with his bevy of offensive coordinators, um, that stuff is all very questionable. If Russell Wilson was 20% worse, the Seahawks wouldn't be a playoff team. I agree. I do. That's kind of. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I I do think they did make some necessary upgrades to the roster, like the defensively. That's fair. Um, and again, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be like they're gonna be in the mix. They're gonna be in the mix. But it's not gonna be easy to go up to Seattle to win this year. Correct. Right. They're gonna be that ten win area, maybe more if things go right. But I have them three right now. Uh, I have the Niners two. So I have the Rams at the top. And I say that because I thought Matthew Stafford being on the 49ers would get like a 2016 Matt Ryan MVP season. Um, And I think when you put him in Sean McVay's offense, and we saw what Jared Goff did in 2018, I think Matthew Stafford is a way more talented passer than Jared Goff. He's never had a offensive scheme like this one that he's going to be in. And I think he's just going to kind of blow up. And when you combine that with, having Aaron Donald in the middle of that defensive line and Jalen Ramsey at corner. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a really good defense again. And I think their offense is going to take two, three steps forward with Stafford under center instead of Goff. And I think the Rams are going to be like really, really good this year. Yeah, I, I think it's possible, especially when you look at the top end of the roster and just how good those guys are. I just have like we're talking with with uh, Nick about it today or yesterday, actually. And Nick used to cover the Rams and he was he's pretty skeptical of that team in large part because of the offensive line and uh, and just some of the issues they might have defensively. I think like, you know, Kenny Young inside linebacker, Troy Reader inside linebacker. These aren't these aren't like high level guys in the middle. I Obviously, you have Aaron Donald there, but I, I think the defense is not going to be the best in the league this year, right? Like Troy Hill being gone, um, John Johnson leaving in free agency. Like those are two really good players for them. Yeah. And so, you know, Brandon Staley now being the coach of of the Chargers, I I just think a lot of what they did last year was was dependent on how good they were on defense. Um, They had the number one defense in the league. And so can they, can they replicate that? I'm not entirely sure. I think they're going to have to play a different type of game. I think they're going to play more high scoring games and maybe that's, that's perfect for Matt Stafford, but it also puts him potentially at risk because he's playing behind a not so great offensive line. And you wonder how long is Andrew Whitworth going to be able to play at a high level? Sure. Um, So I think the Rams are absolutely in the mix. I think they're probably one of the five best teams in the NFC, but in terms of like overall roster, when you look at just their 22 guys and strengths and weaknesses, I, I think the Niners have them 
in that department. But sure. like I said earlier, they might have the advantage in quarterback play. The, the thing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that jumps out to me though is okay so they had the best defense in the league they also lost brandon staley their defensive coordinator he's the head coach of the chargers now if they're a top seven defense with the jump i think their offense is going to make that that more than makes up for what they're going to lose defensively i think yeah and maybe i'm wrong maybe matthew stafford actually stinks and my matthew stafford is good <laughs> take is just it sucks like there's that's i'm open to that um, maybe Matthew Stafford just isn't good. Uh, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't elevate their offense the way I think it does. But if it does, if he does give them a Matt Ryan type 2016 season where he's throwing for, you know, 4,800 yards and 30 plus touchdowns, 40 touchdowns and, and 10 or 12 picks. Like I just, I, I think their offense is going to be really hard to stop. Now, I Cam getting hurt is a big deal. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so the the interesting thing, I like I wonder if because Mc, McVeigh's like to run the ball. He's similar in Kyle Shanahan in that mm-hmm. he likes to run the ball. They run a similar scheme. Are they going to have to pivot now following Cam Akers injury in terms of what they wanted their team, how they wanted their team to play? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, are they going to have to go from being a, a really balanced team that sets up play action and deep shots for Matt Stafford? Or are they going to be a team like Stafford had to play on in Detroit where it's like, all right, we have to throw 40, 45 times a game. Right. Right. Like I think ideally in a, in a 
Shanahan McVay offense, your quarterback's getting 25 to 30 attempts a game, not 40 yeah. to 45. So I wonder how that's going to impact them. And Sony Michelle might be a nice player for them, but he, I don't think he's Cam Akers. Um, no. So even though he was drafted earlier, but <laughs> um, yeah, Tom I Brady think, was drafted in the sixth round, you know? Yeah. So I think we both agree though, that the, um, that the Rams are more of a threat to the 49ers and the Seahawks this year. Right. I think that's. Yeah. Consensus. I think, I think in a vacuum and on paper, cliches yes but at the same time like i want to circle back to the seahawks if you came from the future and told me the seahawks won the division i'm not like my jaw's not hitting the floor no and russell wilson's probably mvp of the league right he's never received an mvp vote fyi yeah so no i just it's to me, it's those three teams, the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Rams in a similar tier. And then I think the Cardinals are below that. Yeah. Um okay. that's that's kind of where where I'm looking like order the those three teams however however you want. Uh assuming hell, like, and I think that's a big thing with the 49ers too, is I'm not even looking at what happened last year. I'm just looking at their roster and going, all right, if they, if, if Nick Bose is unavailable for four games, can they handle that? Can they figure that out? If it turns out D Ford isn't, isn't ready to play yet. And um, Arden key ends up having to play quite a bit. Like, what is that? What does that look like? Um, if they have an injury in the secondary at, at any spot, how does how does that work? Right. I have I have a lot of questions that again maybe it'd be fine, but when I envision this season, that's the first thing that kind of pops into my head. And the Niners can absolutely win the division if you're telling me every team is fully healthy. That's probably who I'm picking. But I think it's such a question mark. It's so many key spots that I'm I I have a hard time putting them there at the top of the division knowing that you know it could fall apart if if one or two guys goes down. Yeah, so I'm looking at a sports book right now online um just at futures and super bowl winners. So the 49ers are tied with the Ravens and the Rams for having the fifth best odds, or I guess you were jumping ahead in the conversation, fifth highest odds. So it's interesting that Vegas views the Rams and Niners equally. Um, And I think it's futures there. What's that? Do you have division futures there? Uh, I do. I need to, I would need to look around. Oh yes. Division winners. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling NFC West. So according to this one, which is not a sponsor, so I'm not going to say it. But the 49ers are plus 180. Um, the Rams are plus 190. The Seahawks are plus 275. And the Cardinals are plus 650. So right now, the Niners are the betting favorites um, to win the division. And so the, the question I would have when looking at these odds is, is it because they think the 49ers are better than the Rams? Or is it because there's more money being put in on the, on the 49ers? Right. There's just more 49er fans. Yeah. The 49ers are a very public team and a lot of people love betting on 49ers. So mm-hmm. um, that's interesting. But I think for me, that's about 
in terms of the way I view the teams and the rosters, I think that that equates for me. Like, because I think the 49ers just have that advantage in terms of like overall roster quality, while the Rams have more top end guys in terms of like, I, I actually don't even know if they have more top end guys. Does who starts at quarterback affect your thoughts at all? Like if I tell you Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start 17 games or Trey Lance is going to start 15 games, like what's their max wins? So this is interesting because I, I think the 49ers have a better chance at getting the division and or the one seed during the regular season if Jimmy Garoppolo starts all their games. But I think they'll have a better chance at winning the Super Bowl if Trey Lance is a starter in the playoffs. Oh, boy. <laughs> what a tangled web because like you can win regular season games with jimmy garoppolo if if the rest of your offense is or the rest of your team is is clicking right, right? like we've seen that 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 happened in 2019 49ers mm-hmm. were the best team in the nfc and it turned out it it wasn't particularly close um and that was with garoppolo not playing particularly well in the playoffs so if Garoppolo is a little bit better than that season, and let's say the defense is a little bit worse, but you make up for it with having more skilled guys on offense, which I think the 49ers do. I think this is I do this too. is the most talented offense Kyle Shanahan's had with the 49ers. I'm not sure it's that close. No, it's not. I don't think so. Wait, you look at the the get the guys they added at running back, um, Ayuk yeah. and, and Debo now in their in their uh second and third years, George Kittle, obviously. Um I just I think the ceiling up for the team lifts when you have Trey Lance in there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that was very much Kyle Shanahan's goal when he drafted him, right? And maybe this is a, the transition if we want to have the Mac Jones conversation yet. We could we could talk about just the fact that Mac Jones is starting and Trey Lance isn't. Um, but I think ultimately did the 49ers make a mistake? <laughs> well, put it this way, I think ultimately. Trey Lance raises the ceiling, right? Like that's not, that, right. that's, that's not a crazy, whole... just given his talent, given his ability to potentially make plays outside of structure, like those things that Patrick Mahomes did in the Super Bowl, just make ridiculous throws. Mm-hmm. Like that's sort of the different, like if Jimmy Garoppolo could scramble for a first down at any point in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl, then things might've ended differently. Right. It's and the, Trey it's... Lance has the potential to do that. He's it's not the there second yet. And... He's not even starting and he's probably not going to, I don't, I don't think he's going to contribute in a significant way week one because of the injury, but um, yeah. So that's how, that's, that's how I view the the quarterback. I think the ceiling's higher with Trey Lance, but I think in the regular season, they could win more games with Jimmy Garoppolo because you're not going to be riding the roller coaster of a quarterback. Right. Lower floor, higher ceiling. Do we want to talk about Mac Jones starting and whether or not the, no, 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 because look, there was the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mac Jones at a higher floor. Trey Lance is the higher ceiling. You don't trade three first round picks for a guy that you can probably get at 12. That was the issue. It wasn't that Mac Jones is bad at football. Mac Jones is supposed to be good in year one. That was the whole thing. And it's not a surprise. He went to a team with a good infrastructure and, and a good coaching staff. And he picked it up quick because he's smart and he's an accurate passer. It's not a huge surprise. He beat out Cam Newton. And it's not a huge surprise that Trey Lance is sitting here one. Well, it, this is no, Trey, I mean, Trey Lance is good. Did I say but year, I'm, I'm I meant week you. one. 
I'm, week I'm one. With you. Week one. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you 100. Like we didn't. That was that was the whole point of the debate, right? Was that Mac Jones is more ready to play right now, but Trey Lance mm-hmm. offers a higher ceiling down the road, and it's about the next decade, not this season. So yeah, right. I think. Cam Newton was probably one of the easier guys to beat out in the league. I think given he only had a $3 million contract sort of speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Bill Belichick's kind of ruthless and he'll, he'll cut a guy <laughs> if he thinks it's the best thing for his team. And so, you know, I think what's more interesting. One quarterback me, on the active roster, by the way. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll have another one. I would assume. Oh, for sure. It's just <laughs> funny how that worked out. Yeah. Um, what, what I, what, what I think is interesting about the conversation is like, you talk about fits for teams, right? Trey Lance with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now that we've seen it and we see that Jimmy Garoppolo is going into the season as a starter and knowing that Trey Lance needed work, this makes a lot of sense from that standpoint, right? In terms of Trey Lance fitting, he'll have time to work his way in. The 49ers aren't in a rush to play him. Mac Jones was the guy you pick if you want your starter to come in right now. Right. So like if the right. 49ers, if the 49ers had drafted Mac Jones, then it's a situation where, all right, he's ready to play. Why do we, we don't need Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. So now the point of getting Mac Jones is to say, all right, we have a quarterback now on a rookie contract so we can fill out the rest of the roster with more expensive players. And there isn't a whole lot of difference between Mac Jones and and Jimmy Garoppolo. But the fit wouldn't quite be as easy because, I mean, the fit would be easy. It would work. But do the 49ers, would the 49ers have the same ceiling or be as equipped to win the NFC West if Mac Jones was their starter over Jimmy Garoppolo? It would be the same thing. It's a, you don't want to start a rookie. Yeah. It would be that's the whole thing with with Lance is like, oh, he's a rookie. He's just not ready. And maybe Mac Jones would have looked more ready in the preseason and the discourse would have been different. Which, I mean, I guess, but. I don't I don't know. Like don't, you said, yeah. it's about the ceiling. It's about it's about the next 10 years, not what happens in the next six months. Yeah. And so the point. Yeah, I think that's the biggest point is like. Mac Jones winning the starting job is in no no way a reflection on the 49ers decision at three right now if mac jones is the way better quarterback in three years like okay let's revisit it but i'm not revisiting yeah. it after three goddamn preseason games and i think like the holy way, crap right and i think the way we would have to look at it is if they did if mac jones is the better player than trey lance in three years is that okay instead of jumping all the way up to three you could have stayed at 12 or potentially hopped up to six instead like mm-hmm. that's how it needs to be looked at not they should have drafted mac at three because mac right. going 15th speaks exactly to how the league viewed him yep right so so that's that's the part that you question it's not it's not trey lance versus mac jones <laughs> take it's, notes on this by the way <laughs> it's it's is it where it wasn't worth moving up to get trey lance <laughs> while you could have just stayed patent taking mac jones it's probably not great that we're already trying to shape this discourse for 2025. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just trying to provide context into like, that's how we need to look at it. 
Yeah. And to be fair, they should have traded up to three to take Mac Jones, because I think no matter how it goes, that would have been dumb because Mac went 15. The amount of people that were even reacting to Mac Jones starting and Trey Lance not was pretty minimal. Yeah. And just if you're listening to this and that's something that worries you, like put it on the back burner for now. We'll revisit this in 2024, 2025. I saw, I saw the third quarter of the uh, Patriots Giants game. It was being replayed on. Oh, really? You you caught that? What's that? I said, you caught that. I mean, Mac Jones looked pretty good against the Giants backups. (laughs) (laughs) No, Mac Jones is going to be a good player. He's going to be a good player. He doesn't suck. He doesn't suck. He's not. His arm strength doesn't pop off the tape. Right. But he knows where to get the football. So, yeah. And he does it efficiently. Wow. Look, just like everybody said before the draft, let's move on. Um, NFC power rankings. Sure. Or where the 49ers sit among the, uh, the better teams in the NFC. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's do that. Are they the best team in the NFC? Are they right now? Yes. Um, no, I don't think so. I think it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they won the Super Bowl last year. They returned all their players and they still have Tom Brady playing quarterback. Um, but as we've okay. learned over and over again, it's very hard to get back to the Super Bowl in consecutive seasons and let alone win it. So just because the Bucks are the best team right now on paper doesn't mean that's that's going to last through the whole season. We have to see if they have injury luck, unlike what they got last year, which was incredible for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the healthiest team in the league, and then they wound up getting and winning the super, getting two and winning the Super Bowl. So, if that normalizes a little bit, I think they come back to the pack, right? Like I think, sure. So I think the 49ers are probably one of the three or four best teams in the NFC. So I just pulled up just for for fun here. I pulled up the NFL.com power rankings from mid-August. And of the NFC teams, it's Bucks 1, Packers 2, Rams 3, Seahawks 4, Niners 5. Fair. I think I would flip-flop them in the Seahawks. And I think maybe the Packers on paper just because of their quarterback belong ahead of San Francisco, but you feel great given what we've seen from San Francisco playing against them uh, in 2019, you'd feel good about them in a head to head matchup. If that makes sense. Yeah. Man, that, that home opener week three is going to be wild. It's going to be really fun. I'm going to draw so many conclusions. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting from a number of different perspectives. The Packers, the pa- like, let's let's just look at. So, the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers. They have a forty-five-year-old, forty-four-year-old quarterback. Then there's the Rams, who have a quarterback who has never won anything, who's in a new system for the first time. You have the Packers, who have a quarterback who doesn't want to be there anymore. You have the Seahawks, who have a quarterback who doesn't want to be there anymore. And you have the 49ers who have ostensibly two quarterbacks. One of which isn't probably going to be there next year. 
it's really odd. <laughs> I think I think the Packers, so if I were to put it in order, I would go Buccaneers, Packers, 49ers, Rams. And then probably the Seahawks. I think. I like, do you trust the Saints at all with Jameis Winston? I need to see it, dude. Do you trust the Cowboys? I don't. I don't trust. It's not the Cowboys. It's Mike McCarthy. You trust Washington? Nah. Yeah. So I I think, I think there's a pretty Minnesota. You buying in? (laughs) Not quite. Like, I think the NFC, there's a pretty clear top four. Yeah. Maybe top five. And then there's a pretty considerable gap to the, to the rest of the pack. Where are we at on the Eagles? Uh, joking. Yeah. They have the second longest odds to win the NFC. According to this book I'm looking at. Oof. But I, week two is going to be a difficult game. Oh, for sure. Play home openers in back-to-back weeks. Actually three straight weeks. If you include week three, which is their own home opener, but but they've also the had a road. ton of success doing those back-to-back road games where they stay over between. So fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think go ahead. I think it's top four with Bucks, Packers, Rams, Niners. And like I said, I'd feel really good if the Niners are going to an NFC championship game against Packers again. I would too. Um as long as, like, I would feel a hell of a lot better about it for them if they were playing at Levi Stadium. Sure. Sure, of course. Um, um, that, I just, and that's, the, uh, that, like, that, that's the thing with the Packers is, like, if the NFC North isn't any good, then their road to the one seed would potentially be easier than than the 49ers or Bucks. Although the NFC South might not be great either. It's hard to tell. The NFC South, I think, is the hardest division to figure out. So there's there's a couple there's a couple teams that this hinges on. What do the Saints look like? Yeah. And what do the Cowboys look like? Because if the Saints are just going to pick up where they left off with Jameis Winston, I think they jump up quite a bit and jump into that mix with the 49ers and the Rams and the Packers and the Bucks. Um, so you're optimistic about Jameis? No, I have no idea about Jameis. Got it. I guess I'm optimistic in that I'm in the camp of, Hey, maybe he doesn't suck. Yeah. Because (laughs) if he throws 14 interceptions instead of 30, like how much better (laughs) is he? Yeah. (laughs) So I, I'm 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 fascinated to see that, and then I like I said I don't trust Mike McCarthy, but that offense might just be McCarthy proof, like they're loaded, and maybe they just score forty points a game, and it doesn't matter if they can't stop anybody. Would it surprise you if CD Lamb's the best receiver in the league this year? No, me neither. No, I I uh, I think CD Lamb might end up being like awesome. Yeah. I, I want to include if we're talking about the Cowboys, I think a team on a, on the same level, which is obviously relevant, is is Washington because they're in the same division. Sure. I think their defense might be one of the two or three best in football. And that yeah. could be an equalizer. Like if if Fitzmagic is not throwing a bunch of picks, 
they're going to be a really tough team to beat. And Ron Rivera is somebody that's coached some good teams that yeah. play that brand of football. Right. Um, so I would be very interested to see how, how it's going to shape up. I, I think I, I mean, I trust Ron Rivera much more than Mike McCarthy, but I trust Dak Prescott see, much more than, right. Than Ryan Fitzpatrick. So what if Dak Prescott was on Washington? Then they would be the obvious favorites in the NFC East. What about have, in the NFC? You'd have the best quarterback. I'm fascinated by this hypothetical. You'd have the best quarterback in the division and the best defense in the division. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like as much as I like to root for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't buy it. I don't buy it as him being a quarterback on a team that wins more than like eight or nine games. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? So that that's, that's the issue with them. I wonder if Washington at some point would emerge as a Jimmy Garoppolo destination, whether it be like before the trade deadline or next season, because I mean, what, what do we say about Jimmy Garoppolo a lot? He needs to play opposite a really good defense. I'd feel way better about, I'd feel better about Washington if they had Jimmy Garoppolo than if they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. It seemed like during this offseason, there weren't many possible Garoppolo destinations. Mm-hmm. But now that things are starting to play out a little bit, it feels like they're a little bit more. Yes. Like Washington, Denver, Cleveland, if they decide not to bring back Baker, you could probably get Jimmy at a much lower cost. They're going to bring um, back Baker. Houston, potentially. Mm-hmm. Miami. I saw John Middlecoff throw out Miami as a Carolina as a possible. Yeah, Carolina. Yeah, like there there are so, teams who would make sense for Jimmy Garoppolo if their quarterback situation goes awry this year. One other team I want to talk about while we talk NFC here is the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are necessarily going to be good, but they are going to be good enough that the 49ers can't just toss their helmets on the field against them. I mean, we saw it in 2019, but Arthur Smith is really is a really good offensive coach. Do you think the Falcons are going to be the good, bad team? Yeah. Yeah. Matt Ryan can do some stuff. Um, so they might be, they might be a good, bad team for sure. Uh, I'm afraid that Calvin Ridley, I mean, and, and Kyle Pitts to an extent are going to be like good stats, bad team guys. (laughs) (laughs) Just cliches. Uh, So good. Um, no, I just, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. Like if we're just picking like dark horses, it wouldn't shock me if, if the Falcons are one of those teams that are still in the hunt for the playoffs come the final couple of weeks. Yeah. If I were to look at like a team with very long odds to, to make a run, like the Falcons might be one just because I, I like you, I think I'm a fan of our Arthur Smith and their defense really can't get any worse mm-hmm. than it was last year. So I think just and how given many how games open last that, year, what's that? No, so I just think given how um, wide open the the NFC South could be behind Tampa Bay, there's there's like there's room for another team in that division to maybe make a jump mm-hmm. and like win a wild card spot. Yeah, and how many games did they lose last year that they just had no business losing? Weren't they like I two think there was that Cowboys in, game in like one score games or something? 
it was some asinine stat that it's like, there's no way that happens again. Like there was that weird Cowboys game. And then there was the game against the lions where Todd Gurley scored when he shouldn't have. And if he had just laid down, they could have run out the clock. Like they had so many losses like that last year where it's like, man, a little bit better coaching and a little bit better situational awareness. And they fit, they they're there. Right. So I know they lost Julio Jones, but they picked up Kyle Pitts. Calvin Ridley's really good. Uh, 49ers legend, Mike Davis in the backfield, although I'm not really buying him. Also 49ers legend, Wayne Gallman in the backfield now. Uh, oh, that, right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happened Thursday. So I don't, I, like I said, I'm not betting on the Falcons to win their division or anything, but when you look at the NFC, the 49ers face the Falcons this year, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Falcons are a little bit better than, than maybe we think. So I think to sum all this up, like you and I both think th- that there's a possibility the 49ers can win the NFC this year and get back to the Super yeah. Bowl. If you're if you're picking if you're picking teams like to bet on, like if every team has even odds and you need to bet on six teams to win the Super Bowl, I think the 49ers are one of them. Yeah. And one one other thing we should point out too, um, if you follow That's in Warren, the NFL, not just in the NFC. Yeah. If you follow Warren Sharp at all, who does uh, his own analytics stuff, he d- he does a strength of schedule study each year. And the 49ers have the easiest strength of schedule by way of opponents projected win totals, according to Vegas, like by a pretty wide margin. Yeah. So the fact they play the AFC South um, and the NFC North bodes pretty well for them. And Can the, I do and- a... And their seventeenth game being against the Bengals also doesn't hurt, even though it's. On can the I road. say? Can I say a gripe real quick? Sure. I can't stand. I cannot stand when somebody says, "Oh well, that team has a last place schedule." <laughs> that accounts for three games. Yeah. They play. They play seventeen. Yeah. Oh, they they have a last place. Like, relax. <laughs> It's like you finish in last and then you get to face all teams that were in last place last year. Yeah. That's, I don't, it just, I feel like that gets way overblown when they're like, well, they should be able to bounce back last place schedule. Yeah, maybe. Right. But that accounts for the Bengals, the. But I just mean, so looking for Bengals, the Niners schedule. Yeah. Well, I mean, you Eagles. look at their – they have a lot of bad teams on their schedule. Cincinnati, yeah, but... uh, Minnesota potentially, Houston, Atlanta. We just talked about them maybe being good, but they could also be bad. Um, Detroit, Philly to open the season. Indianapolis is is looking like that team that's just going to go through hell this season with injuries and everything else potentially. Mm-hmm. And the Niners will get them after their bye. Um, like Jacksonville, they're not going to be mad about having things. to go to Jacksonville in in November. Sure. So, I think that that is something to consider when thinking about what could happen to the 49ers this year. And that they they're going to have some. They're going to have a lot of big games, but they're going to have some where they should just roll some teams. I agree. I just don't. 
I'm not looking at the Niners and going, oh, they're going to be pretty good because they have a last place schedule. Like, no, they're going to be good because they have a freaking really good roster. Right. No, I, I mean, their schedule is easy, not because it's a last place schedule, because they play the right. South and the NFC North. I'm, that's just a cliche that I don't like. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh, the winning first place schedule next year. Oh, damn. <laughs> three games. <laughs> so, um, so we'll have pods out next week. Not exactly sure when. Uh, guess next week. Guess next week. One, one is, possible big guest. One is, well, they're both potentially big guests. Let's not undersell it. Oh, no, I'm underselling the other one. Come on. Okay, fine. That's, <laughs> that's fine. We'll, we'll let A new addition to on. Blue Wire. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll have a couple, at least two next week, maybe three. Um, I have to like get my life together and move at some point, and I have packed oh, exactly zero gross. things. Yeah, I, I'm going to move after we get back from Philadelphia that week. I'll be going out to Sacramento. So there will be a new backdrop recording situation. Will I uh, will I be able to intro you the same way or will I have to change how I intro you? What do you mean? Because right now I say covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'll still cover the 49ers is... for the Sacramento Bee. I just won't be their part-time coverer of the 49ers no, you can still say i cover the 49ers for the sacramento like a, i just i just haven't like been writing in half-assedly half-assedly covering the 49ers <laughs> the writing writing like two or three 49ers stories a week instead of who practice on friday right and who's questionable and all that stuff that stuff i no longer have to do thankfully we'll talk about it on the pod instead perfect um i'll still be banging out injury reports so never fear (laughs) yeah so we'll see you guys next week um exciting stuff with with a couple guests at least and regular seasons here man it's it's almost here we still got labor day weekend. i'm gonna savor this weekend that's right no it's great but like net one more sunday and then the next sunday we'll have football for realsies for real for real not football that you can check out of after the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, like I will, after the Lions game, I'll be recording pods from West Virginia, which I've never done before because I've never been to West Virginia. You taking your clubs? <laughs> I'm, I'm shipping my clubs, bro. Oh my God, this guy. <laughs> this guy. Shipping my clubs. We're, I'm, try, I'm trying to get 36 in at the Greenbrier on Tuesday. I don't know if that's going to be possible, but I'm going to try at least 18. Do you like name drop when you're there? Who would I name drop? You like, do you like, are you like, yeah, I cover the 49ers. Well, it'll be tough for me to name drop anything associated with the 49ers at the Greenbrier because they're staying at the Greenbrier. So we'll be like, oh yeah, I've, I, John Lynch knows my name. They'll be like, cool. Yeah, exactly. playing with you? (laughs) No. No, you just walk in and it's like, I know Kyle Madsen. Although it's, Candlestick Chronicles. We can't rule out. the beer. We can't rule out members of the organization trying to play golf with Nick and I. Just saying, we can't rule it out. It might happen. Cool, man. It might not. Cool, dude. And I'm not saying high members, high-ranking members of the organization. But no, Nick and no. I, Nick, a lot of people are trying to hang with Nick and I for five hours in one place. So, Yeah. Just, oh, just that's... Saying. Line them up. <laughs> All right. We're going to get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh, I got... An Ohio State game to watch. Hopefully they're not. Yeah, losing. go go Buckeyes, huh? Yeah, go Bucks, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll see you guys next week. What? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I.O. Yeah, there you go. Boy. Yeah. Oh, I.O. Yeah. Bye. Oh, I.O. Yeah. All right. We'll see yeah, you. no, I got it. Goodbye. <laughs>